This last fall, when we were preparing for worship on one particular Sunday, this text of scripture from Exodus 20 was the lectionary text for the day, the Sabbath day. And as the staff was preparing for worship, we thought, how can you preach about the Ten Commandments in just one Sunday? These are words that, in the biblical story, are the only words to come directly from the hand of God. Gives them preeminence among all other words. So we thought about it a little while, and we thought, well, there are Ten Commandments. We have ten Sundays during the summer. Let's move the Ten Commandments to the summer. And let's reflect on them over the course of the summer, loving God and loving others. So I invite you to listen for God's word as it comes to us from the book of Exodus. And over the course of the next 10 weeks, we will have a chance to reflect on what it means to love God and love others. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, there are two Calvins that have a big influence on me. One is John Calvin, the theologian. The other is Calvin of Calvin and Hobbes, those cartoons that many of you are familiar with. And in one particular Calvin cartoon, Calvin with his pet tiger Hobbes, approaches his dad, who is seated at a desk in the study, balancing the family checkbook. Calvin, with a clipboard in hand and wearing a white researcher's lab coat, says, Dad, your polls took a big dive this week. Your overall dad performance rating was especially low. And he hands the clipboard to his dad. See, 
Right about yesterday, your popularity went down the tubes. Dad responds, Calvin, you didn't get dessert yesterday because you flooded the house. And Calvin, as he walks away, replies, I'd suggest a new line of work, Dad. Now, fathers obviously sometimes have to set limits. And it has a way of affecting their popularity. But the good news is fatherhood is not an elected position. Perhaps you've been on one of those trust walks on some retreat uh, that you attended. How about that? That was quick. (laughs) Handball will do that for you. If you've ever been on a trust walk, you know that... uh, It can be kind of difficult when you're blindfolded and having to trust someone else to lead you. You can't see where you're going, so you rely upon someone else's instructions to get from one place to another. Fathers are often like guides on trust walks for their children. Now, Jesus is quoted in the New Testament using the word father to refer to God 187 times. And, in fact, the word in Aramaic is Abba, and it's a very familiar and intimate personal word for for father. It's more like saying daddy. Jesus refers to God in that sort of familiar vernacular. God is present like a parent, and like a parent seeks our welfare even though it requires great sacrifice. This past January... The president of Columbia Seminary, Reverend Dr. Steve Hayner, lost his battle with pancreatic cancer. Steve was the president formerly of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. He was a Presbyterian minister. And upon his death in January, his wife, Cheryl Hayner, wrote a message to all friends and colleagues. She wrote, Steve's life was swallowed up by life this afternoon. It was a great loss to her and the family. It was a great loss to Columbia Seminary and a great loss to the Presbyterian Church that he died so young. In Cheryl's announcement of her husband's death, she recalled and quoted a note that Steve Hayner had received from a good friend, Steve Harrington. Steve Harrington had been a friend for several decades And during Steve Hayner's battle against cancer, he wrote him this note. My favorite memory memory with you was years ago at Wellspring Retreat Center. You remember we were given various iterations of the trust walk. In one of those exercises, we were supposed to guide our blindfolded partner from behind using only our voice. You walked in front of me, and I directed you with only words into a small thicket of woods. I had you stepping over logs and ducking down below strong branches. You went slowly, and you could feel dead wood snapping beneath your feet and all of the twigs on your face as you brushed past them. You knew that you were walking through a very thick and tangled terrain. A precarious path for someone blindfolded and having to trust only in the words spoken to them. 
Then I brought you almost to the edge of the woods, just to the very edge of a large, flat, grassy field, and I stopped you six inches from the grass. You were still standing in the woods blindfolded. You had no idea that all the tangles and tripping hazards and undergrowth and slapping branches and hard trees were now behind you, and that before you was only a broad, flat, lush field of green grass. You were still in the woods, imagining yourself stuck in the midst of the tangles and the hazards. Only I knew that before you was all this level and open and free space of any encumbrance or danger or fear. And then I said, at the count of three, I want you to run straight forward as fast as you can. I counted to three. And with great trust, you took off running, charging ahead, screaming your lungs out, flailing your arms, worried that you were still careening through the woods, but also suddenly laughing, laughing to find out that you were out of the tangled danger and running easily into a flat field full of soft and forgiving grass. And then he writes... That is the journey ahead of you, my friend, whenever it is that you take it. The word is behind you, but it also goes before you. That word made flesh walks with you and within you, and therefore all shall be well. All shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. The nausea, the discomfort, the fear, the weakness, the tears, the treatments, the tripping hazards, the threatening thicket will be over. And you will run full speed, screaming and laughing into the forgiving arms of grace, the healing heart of God. Now, I love the image of the end of life in that story. And Cheryl Hainer has taken great comfort from those words. But this morning, I think it's also a helpful image of the trust walk that we are all on in the midst of life. God's commandments are instructions from behind as we make our way through the tripping hazards, the threatening thicket of life. We can rely upon only ourselves, blindfolded as we are, trusting only our own senses, believing we can make it ourselves through the thicket. Or we can learn to trust God's voice, that voice from behind that is seeking to guide us over fallen logs, under the slapping branches that brush past our faces. God is bringing us through a precarious path, the path of life, by teaching us to trust only the words spoken to us and the word that is made flesh in Jesus Christ our Lord. God is leading us towards that wide open and level field of grass where we too can run with abandon, free of encumbrances and danger and fear. One theologian put it this way, the real message of the commandments is this, all your unhappiness, all your troubles, crimes, wars, all your distrust of one another 
and your lack of inner peace stem from this one fact, that you have lost the center of your life. And only on one condition, namely that you allow yourself to be called to order, brought to order through Jesus Christ at this innermost point in your, in your life where fellowship and peace with God is at stake. In other words, that you learn to fear and love God. Can the healing process also begin in your moral life and in our public life together in areas of politics and business and culture? Friends, this summer, we will explore the commandments from our Heavenly Father as guides that seek to direct us through life and to life. And we will seek to allow ourselves to be called to order and brought to order in that innermost part of our lives. So quoting from the words I just shared, this too is the journey ahead of you, my friend. Whenever it is that you choose to take it, the word is behind you and the word goes before you. The word made flesh walks with you and is within you and therefore all shall be well. Join us for worship and learn to trust in God's love and guidance this summer. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.